Alright, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wow. I've been out of the pulpit for about a month, a little bit over a month. I like to take a break in the summer and just kind of give my my mind and my heart a little time to recoup, right? And to rest and reflect. And we just we've been blessed to have so many incredible pastors and ministers that are part of the church and they've been blessing you every week. Amen. Can we just give them a Yeah. It's nothing It's awesome to have some homegrown preachers and ministers that have the same heart, man, and we we want to always come from this pulpit with the same heart. But I told you a few weeks ago when I return, we're going to be talking about going back to God's standards. Somebody say amen. amen. I feel like God is calling the church back to his word, calling the, the church back to, to the way he called us to walk. Amen. Back to the standard that we've been called up to. There's so much going on in our world right now, politically, economically, socially, spiritually. There's some madness outside. Amen. One minute we're protesting whose lives matter. The next moment we're rioting and looting and, and killing people and shooting people. And the next minute we're, we're running through the streets with our cell phones chasing imaginary monsters. Our presidential debates, they look like Saturday Night Live skits. It's madness, right? The violence, the racism, the, the natural disasters. Man, look at, I won't even go into the media and the music and, and just the, the, the way everything is, is being um, kind of just subliminal around us. You want to just have a, have, a, have a reflection. Go to any retail store and read the t-shirts. That's your next challenge. Husbands, when your wives is dragging you through all the stores, make it spiritual for you. Start reading and look at the designs on all the t-shirts. And you'll see what's going on. You'll catch something. Let God open your eyes. It's crazy what's out there. And so there's never been a time, I don't believe, greater. Or there's never been such a great time for the body of Christ to shine. For the body of Christ to be a light, to, to point the way. It's time for the body of Christ to offer hope, man. To stand in the gap. To, to let the world know there's something better. There's something bigger than this. There's something more than what you're worried about. It's a great time for the body of Christ to be the salt and the light. Somebody say amen. So I want to share a message with you in this new series. The series is just hashtag the standard. The standard. And today's message, walk this way. Walk this way. And because I know you already hummed it in your head, go ahead, give it to me. Just to get it out of your head, because I know you were doing it already anyway. So, so what I want to do today, what the, what the message is, is what I believe the heart of God is today. I'm gonna, I want to encourage you to examine your walk today. At CVS or, or Walgreens, there's a machine that lets you, they let you, you stand on this machine. 
and it it measures your souls kind of the way the way that you walk and so and then it 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 offers a suggestion so you can buy insoles to adjust the way you walk i I want this message series to be insoles for your spirit to adjust the way that you walk. Amen? So if you would let this message get inside you, if you would, if you would study on your own and pray and ask God, it, it, you know it's not my responsibility, right? I have one role to play. But this is your walk. I have to worry about my own walk. Okay, just, just to clear that up. So, so I, I want this series to be that because even though things are going crazy all around us, we, we've been called to be the peace, to be the hope, and to be the light in this world. But what happens more often than not is we get caught up in it all. Anybody or am I at the wrong place? Maybe this message was just for me. I don't know. I'm not supposed to share it with you. But we all get caught up, right? And we get worried and we worry just like the world. And we stress and we, we get overwhelmed and we get overcome just like those the people that don't know God. And all the while we know in our hearts that we were created in the image and likeness of God. We know that the Spirit of God dwells in us. We can quote scriptures, Ephesians 2.10, I am the handiwork of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for me to walk in. We know it already. We know that nothing is impossible with God, Matthew 19, 26. We know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, Philippians 4, 13. We know that nothing can separate us from the love of God, Romans 8, 38. And then we even have a sanctuary that we can come to. We even have a place that we can come to on Sundays and hear the word and be encouraged and get hugs at the door. And, and, and we even have a, 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 a sanctuary that we can come to every other Wednesday for prayer. Every other Wednesday for prayer. You know, a sanctuary every other Wednesday for prayer. Just throwing that out there. And, and we have all of these things where we can come and just experience and hear the testimonies of God's love and His faithfulness. You know how you increase your faith? Faith, come, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the Word of God. <laughs> so even though we have all of these things, we still tend to fall in with everyone else around us. And we, we give in and we give up and we compromise and we come up short in our walk. Any, anybody in here? And I believe the word of the Lord today, God wants to talk to us about our walk, our standards, our, our, what we have allowed, what we've become, what's become normal to us, what we've become accustomed to. I'm going to ask you some difficult questions. I have a couple of the pastors that I hang out with. One guy, he's, he's, I, I always find him a little annoying this way because he'll, he'll hit you like out of nowhere. Hey, what's up, brother? But, hey, man, how's your walk with God been, man? How's your prayer life? What you been reading? And you know, your first reaction, especially if you've not been walking, your first reaction, like, shut up, bro. That's personal. That's my mind your own business. How about that? Have a cup of shut the heck up. That's between me and God, right? 
But 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 we all need somebody in our lives that's going to ask you, man, yo, how's your walk with God been, man? What you been reading lately? What's what's God's been talking to you about? And and when you're walking right, then it's great. Then you don't feel like this guy's a jerk. You feel like, man, you know what? The other day I was in it was in Corinthians, man, and and just the way Paul tells these people about the food offered and and it's just so awesome the free. And when you have that, man, then it's great. Amen. And so we need somebody. So I'm going to ask you some hard questions. Is that all right? Is this, is this too hard to, to, to come back to first weekend? Too bad. You showed up. The ushers locked the doors. Too bad. So I want to ask you today, how's your prayer life, church? Are you connected with God? How's your prayer life? Is the only time you pray when you need a parking? God, please, let there be a parking over here, you know. Is that your only communication? God, please don't let my wife be wilding when I get home, please. Please don't let my husband come with that nonsense today. Let me, I just need peace. Don't let the kids be acting crazy today. I, is that the only time you pray? Or do you, are you connected with God? Do you have a prayer life? Do you say, God, man, thank you for the beautiful sun today. Thank you for the light. Thank you that my car started. Thank you that I got to work. Thank you for, for this and for that. And, and I didn't have any money, but thank you that they gave me coffee today at work. And they, and they had bagels laid out for me. And I didn't even have, but you know that I want you, you thank you, God. That's a prayer life. That's not just God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, dame, 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 dame. Let me ask you, um, have you been reading, how's your scripture life been lately, church? Have you been reading the word? Do you have a word? Do you know there are free apps on your phone besides Pokemon Go? Do you know that you can download like 4,000 Bible apps for free? Do you know that you can have... How, how's your devotional life been, church? Do you at least read a devotional, maybe? At least? You know, with a little half a scripture in it, so at least it could... God could give you a little something? Um, let me ask you this. This sounds weird because you're here, but let me, let me... Are you part of a church? I mean, like, part of a church? Are you the church? Do, do some of you know that we start at 11 here? Too hard? Because, <laughs> you know, the leadership is here at 9.30, 10 o'clock. But, but do some of you know that, like, 11, we start the service, like, somebody's praying here at 11 to set it off, and then we worship? Because, like, 10.15, 10.30, you guys are walking in? I mean, wait, 11. I got the whole time's all messed up. 11, sorry. I'm 11. And you guys come in, you know, some people come in like 20, 30 minutes late. And then if you came in and slid in, it'd be fine. But no, you got to come in and then say high fives to everybody on the aisle. Yo, hermanita, I love you, bro. And worship. Ethan's dancing, screaming his head off over here, trying to get into the presence of God. And you're greeting the whole 16 people on that row. Do you understand that that could be a little distracting? So are you part of the church? Do you take ownership in the church? Or do you just come as a visitor all the time and you've been visiting for 11 years? Do you have any ownership of it? Or do you just, you know, leave your stuff on the floor and say, ah, you know, that somebody will clean that up? Do you leave your cups, like, on the floor? Do you spill stuff and just throw a napkin on it and say, that's good? Somebody here must get paid to clean that up. Thank you, puppy. See, like, like him. 
See, but now you mess them up because they say, oh, Derek will clean it. Do, do you, let me, this, is, uh, this might be a little uncomfortable, but do you support it? Or do you think like, you just come in here, ah, it's too hot. They need to be bumping up the air conditioner up in here. Not knowing that what it costs. And then the offering comes around, you throw your $2 in there like you, what? Do you support it? Is this your church? Is this too hard to come back to? I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but, um, but, but family, are you growing? Are you maturing? And if you're not, are you blaming me? Oh, they don't feed me in that church. You come here so full... And you think I will have something to put in that belly that's already full of all the nonsense for the rest of the week. You come hungry, you get fed here, I promise you. Do you, family, do you take part in worship? Do you like just let yourself worship at least? I know some of us, you know, some of us don't want to be like the fanatic, religious fanatics that are here in the front. You know, the crazy people, the tears and mocos people. I know you don't want to be like them. I know some of you. Some of you too dignified for that. But do you at least, because you know we all have our own styles. I'm not saying like this is the right way and you're not doing it right. But, but I'm just asking your question. I'm checking on your walk. Amen. Is that all right? Where you are, the way you are in your own personality though. But do you worship? Do you get into worship? Do you say, wow, you know, I don't like this song, but that's a beautiful word in it. And God, I love you. And so, God, I love you, and you hum, I love you in this song. I hate this melody, or I hate that I don't like, this is not my type of music, but God, I love you in this song. And so, during this worship time, I'm going to worship you. Amen? Do you, do you take part in it? Um, um, let, me, let me go a little more personal. How are you treating your wife, man, man of God? Are you loving her like the word says to love her? Like Christ loved the church? Which means he laid down his life for her. Are you laying down your life for your wife? Wives, are you submitting to your husbands like the word says? I might need some ushers here to just protect me for a little. <laughs> Nah, I ain't scared of them, bro. I'm just playing. <laughs> have, you been, have you been reconciled to God? Do you, are you in right standing with God? That's a question you got to ask yourself all the time. Have I been reconciled? Not do I go to church. Anybody could go to church. So what? You could go to four churches. Some of you do. <laughs> it don't make you any more Christian than anybody else in here. So that failed, right? <laughs> I love you though. So are you reconciled with God? Do you, are you living a reconciled, connected life? Because I believe the Spirit of God is calling us out on our walk, church. 
Not in a condemning way. God never brings shame on us. I'm not, I'm not bringing all this up to shame you, to tell you, you guys are no good, to be legalistic. You better get here at 11 o'clock. If you're not here at 11 o'clock, it's Señor no está contigo. God doesn't love you. God, if you don't, I'm not, I'm not, we're not throwing shame. We're not doing condemnation. I'm not, you know, this is not about guilt. God never comes at us like that. I came not to beat you up. I came to lift you up. Amen. And understand, this is not about you, this is about us. Because if I had to preach it, that means God had to give it to me. And I had to decide, God, was this just for me or was it for all of us? So I'm standing with you and I'm receiving and God's dealing with me too, amen? But it's not shame and it's not guilt and it's not condemnation, it's love. I posted a picture earlier this week on Instagram um, that that it it was from a scripture, Romans 5.8. It says, I loved you at your darkest. What a beautiful picture. God said, I loved you at your darkest. The the actual scripture, the verse actually says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. While we were at our worst, while we were still acting ugly, while we were of no use to God, Christ died for us. That's the beauty of that scripture. God showed his love for us at our darkest. Did you know nobody here is good enough to earn God's grace? That's the beauty of grace. Grace is God not giving us what we deserve. But if you look around at the world and everything that's happening around us, man, I just want to let you know, be serious with you, this is not a time for the body of Christ to be a sippy cup church. It's time for us to grow, man. There's new devils. We need new levels in, in church. We need to step up. Amen? Like, listen, we just, many of you know, a lot of us just came back from a cruise. We take a cruise together, and so um, uh, at, at night we would have dinner. We would have dinner together every night, and so there was the, 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 the big table, and then there was the table that had all the, the teens and the kids, right? And so at the kids' table, especially on the kids' side, not, not the teens, I don't want to make you guys feel, you know, messed up but at the kids side the waiter on that table he took such good care of them i mean he the, the kids always had their food first the kids always had everything first there was always he was catering to them and and if anybody if any of the kids ordered a steak this waiter would lean over them and he would cut the steak into little pieces and he would even jokingly he would feed some of them you know and and i mean he would cut everybody's steak on the on the kids table and, and I started, I, I, it was a beautiful thing, but I remembered that as I was writing this, and I felt, man, that's the state of the church today as a whole. People want their meat cut for them. They want to be served. I remember one time the waiter leaned over Freddie's plate and started cutting his steak, and then he went to feed it. Freddie said, y'all, Freddie's going to break his arm. He said, don't play that, I'm a grown man. But I think the body of Christ is like, yeah, okay. And the thing about a cruise too, you know, if you don't, if you don't like what they bring you, or if you see somebody else's food looking better, you can say, you know what, take the steak away. Garçon, garçon, take that chicken away. Bring me the fish. I like the way the fish look on his plate. Or, or, or if you're, you know, if you want to go, you know, big man status for vacation, he's like, bring me the fish and the chicken. You can order two or three dinners, you know? And that's the, that's the state of the church, man. We're like, you know what? I don't like what they're serving here today. I want to go, I, I go, I don't like that preacher. I don't like the way that guy shares the word. Who are we? 
Who are we to label and say, I don't like that worship team. I like this worship team. I don't like that singer. I like this singer. I, only this guy brings the word. Do you know God will use anybody? God will use a donkey to speak to you. Some people say, I'm tired, I'm, I'm going over there. You know, Christianity has been so consumer driven. The pressure on the church right now is, is ridiculous. We need more lights. We need, the, that church has a smoke machine. They have bigger screens. We need bigger, how come we don't have bigger screens? Why don't we put, we need another three screens on this church. I mean, you know, there's, there's 40 people in the building and we need nine screens and smoke machines and we want special effects and we want movies and video because we have to entertain the people because if you don't entertain the people, the people don't leave. And if the people don't come, then we can't afford to keep the church open. And if, and if we don't keep the church open, then, then, then um, uh, you know, people won't have. And so, uh, so we need to water down the gospel a little bit so that we can still attract people. So that we can still at least, because a watered down gospel is better than no gospel at all. And so we have these really big churches preaching really little gospels. And the questions we should be asking is, are, are there any disciples coming out of those churches? Or are people just being entertained? Is this show, does this church have a better show than this church? And are we just, this ain't Broadway, this ain't the movies. Because if it was the movies, none of you would get up and go to the bathroom during the passage. I... Do people just want to be part of something spiritual, but don't want to like be, be this, be spiritual? Is God moving through us? Is God using us? Are we attracting people with cool music and light shows? Or do we just want to be comfortable? Are people seeing the light in us and seeing the hope in us and seeing the wisdom and the glory of God? Are people seeing the image of God in us and following us into these weird little buildings? Because, man, there's something in that guy. I don't know. You went to the store and I, I've been following him ever since he left the store. And I ended up here at the sanctuary. I don't know why. Because the image of God is in us. And if it's shining, people have to see it. Listen, all around this community, there are people who gather three times a day. And they pile into crowded spaces on both sides of our building. There's one here and one here. And they pile into crowded spaces with no air conditioning. No, no fans, no, no, uh, co no comfortable floors. And they take off their shoes before they step into the dirty building because it's sacred to them. And they, and they go into the dirty building on the dirty floor and, and with, with no air conditioning or whatever. And they, they throw themselves on the floor. And they bow their heads down to the floor and they pray the words of a dead prophet. And nobody's complaining. Nobody's grumbling. And, but, but they watch us walk out of this building and we got issues with each other. And, and we look like there's no joy in us. And, and, and we serve a risen Savior. We, we, we have, we, even in their books it says our prophet is a good prophet. It says he should be followed. I don't know about you, but does that convict anybody in here? 
I can talk to you about it because I fall into it. I get caught up in the stress of it all too. Sometimes I'm not walking the right way. I'm not shining the way I should be. I'm not focused the way I should be. And you guys can say, oh, but you're the pastor. So what? That just gives me more to stress about. I'm not just worried about my family. I'm worried about yours. I'm not just work, working on my marriage. I'm dealing with some of yours. Not the bills in my house. I got to deal with the bills in this building. Pastor, this is broken. This is leaking. Okay, I'll stop preaching. I'll go fix it. The truth is we all have the same pressures as the world does. And we have the same pressures as those that don't know God. The difference is, some organ music would be good right now. The difference is, we have yesterday's miracles to reflect on. The difference is we have yesterday's provisions to remember. We have yesterday's testimonies. And then we have something even bigger. We have each other's miracles, provisions, and testimonies to encourage one another. Look what Hebrews 10.23 says. Get, get this in your spirit. Let this be a scripture that's part of your life. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. Not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen? Not giving up meeting to God wants us to meet together. God wants us to encourage. And as you see the day approaching, what day are they approaching? Thanksgiving? Christmas? No. What, what day is the scriptures talking about? That day, the day of the Lord, the end of the days as we know it. As you see the day approaching, encourage one another. God wants us in community so we can encourage one another and build each other up with our story, with his story. Amen? <clears throat> so we can come to God and say, and pray the way he asks us to pray. God, glory. Hallowed be your name. Give us this day our daily bread because you did it yesterday. We can pray with confidence. Give us this day our daily bread because you showed up last month. Give us this month. And then even if it's not for you, you can say, give us this day our daily bread because you did it for her. I know, I'm asking you, God, because you did it for him. And if you did it for him, then I know you can do it for me. Because your word says you're not a respecter of persons. And, and, and he's just like me. God wants us to walk this way, amen? When we give in to everything that's happening around us, we start to compromise. And we start to take on the characteristics of those around us. We become like who we fellowship with. Ah, that's a hard word. We become, young people hear that. We become like who we fellowship with. We become like who we follow. So when we, we take on the characteristics of those that don't know God, those that don't have a relationship with God, they don't have a prayer life, they don't have a connection with God, those that don't have the Spirit of God dwelling in us, when we take on their thinking and put on their mindsets, it becomes harder for us to follow God. 
And then we start looking for all kinds of excuses. Oh, and we start finding problems with the Bible. We start finding problems with the church. We start finding problems with, the, with people. And we, and we lean into everything that the world says, Ah, oh, that church is full of hypocrites. Yeah, that's why you need to be here. Amen. And we start, it becomes harder to follow God. It becomes harder to walk, to walk. We get harder on the inside. Listen, when the word of God doesn't carry for you the weight of God, then you're a victim of identity theft. You've had your wallet stolen. You've had your identity taken. When, when the word of God doesn't carry the weight of God anymore for you, then you forgot who you were. You forgot where you came from. When people forget who they are, the first thing they lose is their connection to the body of Christ. Their conviction to the word of God. Paul, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy, he told him, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Listen, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires they'll gather around them a great number of teachers who say what their itching ears want to hear and they'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths another version says they'll turn aside to fables they'll start worshiping things that are creations that were not the creator and we see that all around us amen tony evans put it up puts it this way can you put that Put that, that quote up on the world. Because we, we have some really big churches preaching really little gospels. Tony Evans puts it this way. He says, we've lowered the standards of God to meet the preferences of men. A.W. Tozer goes in a little harder. And he tells the church this. We cannot afford to let down our Christian standards just to hold the interest of people who want to go to hell and still belong to a church. So family, in this series, the standard, we're, gonna, we're calling the church back to God's standards. And I'm just setting it up today. We ain't even get started yet. I'm sorry. We're going to kick it off in the next couple of weeks as we walk through. We're going to walk through the book of Romans. We're going to open the book of Romans and start at the beginning, start to finish. Whatever comes up, we're going to deal with it. You with me? And this has been on my heart for a while because I've been asking God and, and talking about it with my wife and some of the people that started this church over 11 years ago. Listen, when we had nothing but the mandate of God to plant the church and the lack of experience to doubt that it would work. We didn't have enough money, we didn't have enough people, but we walked in faith and we made decisions in faith. We had a dream of not a perfect church, not a church where, but, but, but a church where we can be real. Hashtag no masks. A church where, where you can be yourself and be known and still be loved. Amen? And I, and I think we've accomplished that. I think we've built that. Jesus did that. We took big risks on that dream, trusting God. Here's a quote from a book I'm, I'm reading. In every dream journey, there comes a moment where you have to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. 
You have to go after a dream that is destined to fail without divine intervention. Family, if your dreams don't require God, they're too small. When you don't have nothing or no one to fall back on, all you have is God, you'll find out real quick God is all you need. Listen, listen. That author also wrote, he said, most people believe God is real, but few people actually live like it. We need to walk this way. Amen? <laughs> yeah, worship team, you guys can come. Let me, I'm going to share this little piece because I think it's important. And I'm sharing this because those that don't know need to know and those that know need to be reminded of where we came from. Amen? When God called us out, we had to step out and, and, and leave an organized church and leave an organized thing and we had to step out on our own. And when we stepped out on our own, all ties were cut. And we had no support. And nobody said, we'll help you. And nobody said, we got you. And nobody said, we'll make sure you have this. Nobody. We just had a mandate from God and the lack of experience to doubt that it would fail. And so we stepped out and, and we, we met at the house. And then, you know, we, we, we said we, we had to trust God to step out of our house and rent a little spot for Sundays. And so we, we stepped out of our house and paid the, a little rent for this little spot over on, um, on, on uh, by Zariga over there beach and so how how we were thinking how are we going to afford this rent we're going to need this and we're going to need that but we stepped out and God supplied we said if he ordered it he'll pay for it church we got to walk this way that's why I'm sharing this with you listen to me we have to trust God when that place was giving us too many problems and eventually got too small and we said we need a children's church and we need and we need room for the kids and we need this and we need that and this is too small and we were having all kinds of problems there I remember like at least twice where we showed up and there was no power in the place and and the breakers were locked up in some place that we didn't have access to on a Sunday and so well we had service with no power drums and acoustic guitar no mics, no fans, no power, and God was still there. Amen? And we had to trust God when it came time to, to step out and rent a second floor storefront. And we, we rented the storefront and we said, how are we going to afford to pay $3,000 rent this little church? How are we going to pay $3,000 a month rent? But God said, go. And we went. And every step of faith, we, we step out, we took a step of faith, and God supplied. Sometimes it felt like we weren't going to make it. I remember a service or two where we didn't have oil in the boiler, and it was a little cold. And so we just worshiped a little closer. Amen? And God met us every step of the way with His peace. See, we had God. You can have a multi-million dollar building that God won't show up in. Or you can experience the love of God in a storefront above a hot pizzeria when it's 97 degrees outside. <laughs> and, and you're preaching on top of pizza ovens from downstairs. We had to trust God when the time came to make a decision. Should we stay here 
or should we go get someplace bigger? Because we, we, if we're filling this place up and we need more. We need more space. We want to do this and we want to do that. And we were talking about having high schools and all kinds of crazy you know, things that we did in that time. And so we need to step out. Or do we just put a, 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 a label? Jesus. Okay. And so we said, do we? I'm sorry, that just, that just threw me up. <laughs> do we take a step of faith and just, and just put a, 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 a thing on the building and just have three or four services and just wear ourselves out trying to do ministry? Or do we take a step of faith and go and find someplace bigger and find someplace where we can accomplish the dream that God has? And so we, we, we took a, a step because God is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. Amen. And so we went from paying 3000 to paying 9000 But it was this beat up, dirty old warehouse that had nothing but boilers and trucks parked in it. There was no classrooms. We said we need classrooms. We, we, we need electricity. There was, no, there was no lights like this. There was no bathrooms like that. There were, what are we going to do? And so we're in this dirty old building. And, and, and. We said, how are we going to afford this? How are we going to get more chairs? We came into this building with like 60 chairs. The 60. And they were so spread out, you couldn't even touch each other. The chairs were so far apart. You sit next to your family and your cousin's over there like, that's, that's this. We were so spread out. We had 50 chairs in this whole, <laughs> this whole thing. But every step of the way, God, we took and, 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 and God, God met us. Amen. The landlord said, I'll build the place for you. I'll build the classrooms for you. Give me the plans. And like none of us are architects. I went on a little Vizio program and I drew up a plan. And I gave it to him. And I watched his construction workers running around with my little plan in their hands. And they're building walls. And I felt like a contractor all of a sudden. I felt like... I felt like an engineer. This is Vizio. This is not no, no, no CAD program if you know anything about... This is like, you know, what you do flow charts with. I designed this whole church. Classrooms and bathrooms. You know, I'm looking at all the construction work. I said that was eight feet, not seven and a half feet. I need you to correct that, you know. But God, man, God can use anybody. And the provisions came. And so I remember in that season, we, we were... We, we, we put up a flyer to list the projects that we would be saving up for here. Remember, remember that, guys? We had a flyer that had lights, chairs... Um, I forgot the other two things. One, one was uh, a projector that we needed to, you know, to, to show the words. And so we had a, a, a flyer with just a couple of things, items that we needed. Big items, though, for us. It was huge. A projector, you know, a couple hundred dollars is a couple hundred dollars you don't have. It's a lot of money. And chairs. These, you know these chairs are like $40 a piece? Can you imagine how overwhelming that is when you say, I need 50, I need 100? And so we had this little flyer and we said, we need this, we need this. And, and one man, and, and, but, but every step of faith, God showed up. I'm telling you this church because some of you know it, but you need to be reminded. Because some of you think that your problem and your shortage is too big for God. And I'm showing you how God could meet every single one of them. So we had this flyer up one week. One week this flyer, we handed it out. That one week somebody came not a church person somebody came that was a relative of somebody that was in our church not a church person not he looked at the fly he picked it up nobody even gave it to him he picked it up he said what's this 
he's a visitor. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put, oh, we need money. We're not about that, you know, asking for money type stuff. So we just say, you know, whatever, that was something we need. He said, I'm going to call in a couple of favors. You're going to be getting a couple of phone calls next week. I'll take care of all of this. Let me know what else you need. Now, I didn't, I wasn't clapping like you because I've had many people come up to me and say, oh, pastor, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to drop, you know, I'm going to drop 25 G's on you and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And I've had people tell me that stuff. So I didn't get happy that day. I was like, yeah, okay, papi, good. God bless you. Thank you very much. You know, hopefully, did you get Jesus at least? Hopefully, you know, that's, no, anyway. That Monday, the phone call started coming in. Somebody said, hey, um, I'm from, is this George? Is this Pastor George? Yeah, yeah, this Pastor George. Hi, I'm from, you know, whatever, Mickey Mouse Construction Company. I understand you need some classroom doors. How many do you need? And I said, um, eight, nine, whatever it was back then. We had offices here and rooms, you know. Uh, eight, nine. He said, okay, I'm going to send them over to you. When, when can I? Oh, do you have anybody that knows how to install them? Oh, never mind. I'll send my team over and they'll install them for you. Okay. I get a phone call. Hey, I'm from ABC Lighting. How many lights do you need? Hey, I'm from Rug and Carpets R Us. I understand you got a couple of offices you need rugs and floors in. When can we come over and do that for you? Hey, hey, and I got, a, I got exit signs for you. I got emergency lighting things for you. Hey, I'm from Sherman Williams. I understand you need some special epoxy paint to paint a 10,000 square foot warehouse. Where can I drop off the drums and what color would you like? Each one of those drums is like $500. Where, where, what color would you like and where, when can I drop them off? I was preaching on a little Aladdin fake carpet with a little plastic. First it was a music stand, then it was a little plastic um, altar that somebody, a little plastic podium that somebody bought. And it was, you know, it was amazing back then. That's, I was like, wow. And then we had a professional carpenter come into the church, started working with us in the church. And he said, I want to build you a stage. How big do you want it? Oh, and I have all the materials left over from other jobs. I just need a bunch of you to help us out, you know, to help me out here. And so I went to back to my little Vizio program and I, I designed the stage just like you see it, just like you see it. I put steps here. I put the pit. We added that later on. That wasn't there. That was somebody else's creative genius. But we we built we built this and 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 you guys know this story but you got to hear it again because you got to be reminded i told him listen listen when, when we build this stage put a hole in the middle of it because i want to put a baptism in there you know the baptism that we're going to use next week um i want to put a baptismal tank in there we don't have three thousand dollars to buy one of those but you know i'm just dreaming so put a hole in there because we're going to have one in there eventually and just cover it, put a cover on it. So, you know, we broke night one weekend, a bunch of us, and we built this thing where he taught us. Because him teaching us, we've been able to now, I built New Season Stage, I built Promised Land Stage. You, you see, because God is, you, you, oh man. So anyway, so we built the stage, we're excited. Again, we had like 60 people in the whole church, and now we got this monster stage. I feel like, man, we overdid it. I, I listened to a rock band that I had as a worship team and they were like it needs to be 15 feet by 30 feet it needs to be this and I was like oh man we overdid it but I'm glad it, it worked out amen the next week after we built the stage I get a phone call 
from a Korean church in Queens that I have no connection to. I had never met the guy in my life. He said, hey, hey, another Hague phone call. Hey, I have a baptismal tank where our church just bought a new building. And we're leaving this building, but we have a baptismal tank that we had just purchased. And we're not going to use it anymore. Could you use it? I'm like, come on. Come on. So, <clears throat> I was already on this high because that's how God works. When you walk this way, God just provides. Amen. And so, I said, sure. I, I, we, we got $79 and we rented a U-Haul and I took three guys with me. We picked up this baptismal tank. We didn't know anything about it. We put it in the tank. We came here. Me and the three guys, we, we, let's, let's bring it up on stage at least and just kind of see, right? We came. We brought it up. We brought it up to the hole. And then we dropped it in the hole. And the measurements were exact. That's not crazy. Is somebody's faith being built up right now? Is your faith being built up? Do you know that this is not because I'm so good or I'm so anointed or I'm so... No, it's because I'm his. Because he's my puppy. And he's your daddy and he's your puppy. And whenever, when you walk this way, when you trust him, when you depend on him, he will provide. God is calling us to walk this way. And I'll, I'll leave the rest of this for next week. But if you're struggling today, if you feel empty today, if you think you're, you know, you're on your last ride on the metro car that you have in your pocket today, know that we've been there. Know that everybody here has probably been there. I'm not suggesting you hop the train, but we've been there. But I want you to know that your shortage is not too short. It's not too big for God. And I think God is calling us out on our walk. And I think God wants us. And listen, it's not because I'm not telling you if you walk this way, then God will be, you know, out of your obey. No, I'm just saying when you're connected to God. So, so don't, don't, don't leave here thinking, please don't have the mindset, the legalism in your mind because some of us came from those Rahatawla churches and, and you know, oh, if you do good, then God will bless you. If you do bad, then God is going to punish you. You got hit by a car, it's because you weren't tithing. People believe that because pastors have told them that. Let me lift that from you. God's not out to punish you. He's not out to try to catch you doing something bad. He died for you when you were bad. He already knows we were bad. And he loved you when you were bad. He loved you at your darkest. So you don't have to try to earn God's favor. You just got to walk in it. Come on, stand, stand and let's praise him. Yes, yes, Lord.